0: Hi there welcome back and uh, we are still listening to the Eugene Carroll <laughs> trial coverage. Thanks for about 130k. Um, all right, it, it closed. so anyway, Republicans pulled most dangerous stunt yet one hour ago.
1: I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Trust Network. I want to discuss with you how the MAGA Republicans the are pursuing arms. their plan to try to tank our economy and blame it on Biden and bear with me because I want to show you these clips so you see it in everybody's own words so you know that I'm kind of walking you through it and I want to making, kind of take away the hyperbole and you could up. ultimately make this assessment for yourself and so the other night Matt Gates did an interview on CNN where he said that as part of the deal that the far-right MAGA Republicans made with Kevin McCarthy In order to allow Kevin McCarthy to become speaker of the house was that Kevin McCarthy had to agree to hold the United States debt limit raise hostage uh, in order to pass a bill that would basically cut all of these areas of federal government spending that are very very important and critical to the American people and never before has a bill to raise the debt ceiling been conditioned Never before has the threat of not raising the debt ceiling been used as a negotiating wedge. And I first want to show you, in Donald Trump's own words, what Donald Trump said about uh, he couldn't even fathom. Donald Trump said this in 2019. He couldn't even fathom that the uh, decision to pass a bill in the House of Representatives to raise the debt ceiling could be used as a negotiating wedge. Here
2: play this clip. I can't imagine anybody ever even thinking of using the debt ceiling as a negotiating wage. When I first came into office, I asked about the debt ceiling, and I understand debt ceilings, and I certainly understand uh, the, the highest rated credit ever in history and a debt ceiling. And I said, I remember to Senator Schumer and to Nancy Pelosi, would anybody ever use that to negotiate with? They said, absolutely not. That's a sacred element of our country. They can't use the debt ceiling to negotiate. So that was Trump in
1: 2019, and here, this is from the other night, and this is Matt Gates stating that the plan in order to make Kevin McCarthy the Speaker of the House was that he had to agree to do exactly what Donald Trump said that you shouldn't do in 2019, which is to not pass a clean debt ceiling bill, but to put all of these preconditions on it. Here, play this clip of Matt Gates.
2: My colleagues who uh, put conditions on Speaker McCarthy
1: are not gonna fall for that trick. And let me answer the question you asked in your monologue. Absolutely, features of the deal that allowed Kevin McCarthy to ascend to the speakership, require him to fight on top-line spending levels in this debt limit battle and to not delay that for the appropriations process that usually gets rolled up in one big omnibus. It's important to also note that 97% of all of the debt that has been created in the United States history precedes President Joe Biden. In fact, under the Biden administration, he's taken measures that have actually reduced the overall deficit uh, in the United States by trillions of dollars, right? Whereas Donald Trump raised the deficit by trillions of dollars, and Donald Trump is responsible for 25% of all debt debt that has been accumulated in the entire history of the United States, Biden's previous policies have done the exact opposite. So I want to be very clear how disingenuous from the outset it is when these MAGA Republicans say that they are pursuing this uh, debt ceiling raise conditional on spending cuts when they are the ones who spent uh, money that they didn't have, that they engaged in, all of these tax cuts for the billionaires um, that they couldn't pay for. And now they're trying to blame Biden for that. And again, the facts are, the data is 97% of all debt created before Biden, 25% of all debt created by Donald Trump and the uh, Republicans. And so here are some of the things though, that the Republicans put in their bill, um, which they call their debt ceiling bill, which is not a clean debt ceiling bill. It is conditioned on all of these things. So the MAGA Republicans are saying, we won't agree to raise the debt ceiling unless all of these things happen. And first they say, eliminate Pell Grants for 80,000 students and reduce grant funding for millions of others remove access to Head Start programs and child care to Ah, 300,000 children. Cut funding for 2,000 border agents, 11,000 FBI (laughs) personnel, and hundreds of police. (laughs) Shut down 125 air traffic control towers, which would increase airport security wait times. Evict hundreds of thousands of families, veterans, seniors, and people with disabilities from Section 8 housing. Impose work requirements for social programs Programs, block Biden's student debt relief plan, repeal money for the IRS, remove President Biden's environmental protections, including nearly wiping out all stay. of Biden's clean tax credits, and reducing access to veterans' care and increasing wait times for veterans receiving benefits. Actually, a 22% decrease in VA funding. And so the MAGA Republic said they will agree to raise the debt ceiling so that America doesn't default on its debt so that America doesn't default on its full faith and credit so that the economy, not just of America, but the world economy doesn't explode. Because let's be clear, if they don't raise the debt ceiling, um, the economy will explode. Not just here in the United States, but the ripple effect will be a great depression in the world. Um, So the MAGA Republicans said that they need to have all of those things that I just read to you happen, and then they will agree to raise the debt ceiling. And so um, the Republican and celebrated the fact that they just passed that debt ceiling bill that i just read to you i gave you the highlights right there here is a video clip of them celebrating the fact that they passed for the first time wow. this conditional debt ceiling bill that requires all of those cuts uh, this clip the yeas are 217
2: the nays are 215 the bill is passed
1: I want to show you now uh, the Democratic leader, the minority leader in the House of Representatives, Hakeem Jeffries, who says, How dare you lecture us! on spending. Mega Republicans, you are the ones responsible for all of this debt in the first place. And now you'd want to have all of these spending cuts that affect regular Americans. Meanwhile, you're out there pursuing policies to give, you know, billionaires and deca-millionaires tax cuts yeah, that's when for you their, get their when you private don't jets,
0: jets and for their yachts. That's who your you're midst. trying
1: to protect. Stupid
0: motherfucking what? Democrats.
3: Democrats. the Republicans record President Reagan comes into office and the first thing that he does is massive tax cuts for the wealthy, the well-off and the well-connected and explodes the deficit President George W. Bush comes into office 2001, 2003 massive tax cuts for the wealthy the well-off and the well-connected two failed wars a deep recession explodes the deficit President Trump comes into office. First thing he does in 2017, massive tax cuts for the wealthy, the well-off, and the well-connected. The GOP tax scam. 83% of the benefits going to the wealthiest 1% in America explodes the deficits. How dare you lecture America about fiscal responsibility when the record shows that Democrats are the party of job creation, and reducing deficits, and Republicans are the party of tax cuts for the wealthy, the well-off, and the well-connected, and exploding the deficit. So we're not going to stand here and allow you to lecture us about fiscal responsibility. What this is, is an effort to try to extract deep, painful cuts on every day. Americans, And that statement was echoed by uh,
1: Democratic Congress member I'll Jim McGovern about it, like of Massachusetts. Let me begin
4: by saying um, I can't imagine anyone ever thinking of using the debt ceiling as a negotiation wedge. It's a very, very sacred thing in our country, the debt ceiling. We can never play with it. Mr. Chairman, that may sound familiar because it's the words of former President Donald Trump in 2019, who acknowledged that then Speaker Pelosi and Leader Schumer agreed not to use the debt limit as a weapon. In case anyone forgot, Democrats behaved responsibly and kept our word. Now, four years later, House Republicans have not hesitated to use the debt ceiling as a political cudgel. This is extortion. If Democrats don't give Speaker McCarthy everything he wants, Republicans want to literally push the entire economy off a cliff, causing catastrophic, lasting, irreparable damage to America. Even though the GOP voted three times to prevent default when Trump was president, even though 97 percent of the debt was accumulated before President Biden took office, and over 25 percent Let me repeat that, over 25% of the debt was accumulated under Donald Trump. Even though Republicans had no problem adding trillions to the debt with their giveaways to big oil and Wall Street CEOs, even though their first bill this Congress added $114 billion to the deficit, now they want to play Russian roulette with our economy and refuse to pay our bills unless we make devastating cuts that would hurt everyday people. This is an all-time high in recklessness and stupidity.
1: Now, compare that to MAGA Republican Representative Jody Arrington. um, And MAGA Republican Jody Arrington, you know, it's just so disingenuous. You know, the gaslighting is is so ridiculous. You know, when Arrington goes, look, the real victims here who we're trying to protect is the children. And the children are the most vulnerable people, and that's why we are passing this uh, Ah. debt ceiling bill that conditions uh, the raising of the debt ceiling. On what? Uh, It conditions it on removing programs that actually help the
2: children. Lastly, (laughs) this one, it's, I get emotional about it. So, but, because it's real, this is real. the most vulnerable group in America, in my mind, and there are lots of vulnerable groups, and we have to be responsible and we have to prioritize. That's what this is about, prioritizing. It's also about protecting the future as we prioritize, and our children's future.
5: Judy I think
0: Arrington. the
2: most vulnerable group in America are the children that have no place in this town, no lobbyists to speak of that I know of. No seat around the table, it feels like. And they're going to inherit $31 trillion in debt and counting. Who's going to speak up to them?
1: You know, and it's so disingenuous yeah. because, again, 97% of the debt before Biden, 25% of the debt because of the MAGA Republicans and Donald Trump. I mean, that's a completely outrageous and kind of disingenuous um you know whatever that was press conference right there um going back to He's trying AOC, to sound like all uh, in a committee here talked about you know, about it too we should be examining why it is that our colleagues on the right these MAGA republicans like they're focused on yachts they're focused on jets that's who they believe is the protected class here they, they need to give them tax cuts while cutting all of those things i mentioned here Play this clip of AOC.
6: So instead of looking at climate and instead of looking at cuts to health care, we should examine why our colleagues in the Republican Party is so invested in protecting the wealthiest people in this society and would rather attack health care and services for our veterans than repealing tax cuts for yacht owners and private jets. And with that, I yield my I yield my time.
1: And here is Kevin McCarthy, uh, who gave a press conference and um, you know, after the bill was voted on. And, and look, he stormed off when he was asked a very simple question about whether he would be willing to reopen the debt ceiling or whether he was going to continue to hold the nation hostage based on the bill that they just voted on here. Play this clip of Kevin McCarthy. You'll see, like a coward, he just runs away. Play this clip. Board. To
2: the you to
1: This is a press conference that President Biden just gave, where President Biden said, "Look, I'm happy to have a discussion." On spending cuts, I mean it's a disingenuous one because the MAGA Republicans are the ones who caused all this—that ninety-seven percent of the debt's created before them. But I'm happy to have a conversation about spending cuts generally. Like, and by the way, I am too. I, I think you are too. Watching this,
0: yeah. Let's cut uh, the offense. To be
1: a conversation not where we are Let's being cut the black held hostage. Budget. You know, the MAGA Republicans. do away with to the say, black if budget. If you don't agree with our policies, if you don't agree with all of the cuts, we will... Trista, hashtag Trista for Prez. Destroy the economy. So you agree with us or else. And Biden says, I'm not, that's not a negotiation I'm willing to have. I'll speak with you on spending, but you're not going to hold our nation hostage and destroy our country. Play this clip of President Biden.
7: Republicans say you're refusing to negotiate on the debt limit. they are saying you're missing an action. Will you negotiate? They haven't figured out the debt limit yet. Are you missing an action? Will you meet with McCarthy?
5: When can America meet
2: with McCarthy, but not on whether or not the debt limit gets extended? That's not negotiable. I notice they quote Reagan and they quote they quote Reagan all the time and they quote Trump, both of which said it's just a paraphrasing. It would be an absolute crime to not
1: extend the debt And those sentiments of Biden were echoed yeah, during a recent job Biden, Brandon, uh, interview I mean. when uh, Kevin McCarthy went to Wall Street to talk about his plan to hold the nation hostage by not passing a clean debt ceiling bill. That's what, you know, one of the anchors at CNBC were like, yeah, but, there were, you know, when the Democrats were in the House, they passed uh, clean debt ceiling bills. You know, even though Democrats disagree with Trump on spending priorities by a lot, you still you still raise the debt ceiling. You don't destroy America's full faith and credit here. Remember this with Kevin McCarthy going back and forth with the CNBC reporter play this clip. And think about it. a debt ceiling is like giving your child a credit card and they charge the limit all the way up. Would you just raise the limit? No, you Well,
6: if it's not playing with America standing at full faith and credit of U.S. government debt, but if, I feel if, like you, you can, can deal with the spending in other ways, oh, which really? is totally so, legitimate.
3: So if you just raise
2: the debt ceiling, do you think $31 trillion of debt? The CBO has come out, in the next 10 years, you may repay 10.5. You five,
6: did it three times in the Trump year. administration. As
4: we did economic changes. We never raised the debt ceiling by But
3: itself. the tax cuts, that was like $2 trillion. And and you know,
1: you know, and the fact that we are dealing with this in April shows you that these MAGA Republicans are trying to, and they are, they're manufacturing a crisis that doesn't need to exist. Ah. A cataclysmic crisis that could destroy our economy. They are arsonists. I mean, is their conduct? I mean, they simply... I think objectively don't don't care about the full faith and credit of the United States and look Janet Yellen, the Secretary of the Treasury, I mean, she wrote a letter to Kevin McCarthy back on January 13, 2023. Remember this? Here, pull up this letter that she sent Kevin McCarthy. And back then, she told Kevin McCarthy what the issues are. And she explained that I'm writing to inform you that beginning on January 19, 2023, the outstanding debt of the United States is projected to reach the statutory limit. Once the limit is reached, Treasury will need to start taking certain extraordinary measures to prevent the United States from defaulting on its obligations. So because Kevin McCarthy did not even raise the debt ceiling back in February, for example, um, we're under these extraordinary measures uh, that are being taken by the Treasury Department. And then it goes down on the last paragraph. It says, The period of time that extraordinary measures may last is subject to considerable uncertainty due to a variety of factors, including the challenges of forecasting the payments and receipts of the U.S. government months into the future, while Treasury is, cur- is not currently able to provide an estimate of how long extraordinary measures will enable us to continue to pay the government's obligations, it is unlikely that cash and extraordinary measures will be exhausted Uh, before early June, consistent with past practice. I will, of course, continue to keep Congress informed as we approach the exhaustion of our resources. So we're talking about early June. You had John Yellen warn Kevin McCarthy of this, back in January, so they had many, many months to pass a clean debt ceiling bill. And this is what they've come up with Uh, in late April, passing a debt ceiling bill, or putting forward a debt ceiling bill. That is not a clean debt ceiling bill. That's saying, you better eliminate Pell Grants, remove access to Head Start, cut funding to border agents and FBI personnel and police, shut down 125 air traffic, control towers, so on and so forth, or we're not going to raise our debt America will default on its debt. And just remember, so when people have the conversation with you about, oh, well, what is the debt ceiling? Again, the debt ceiling is not about future spending priorities. Like, there are debates that can take place in Congress. The House of Representatives has the power of the purse. They can have discussions about future spending priorities. And for example, how much money goes to the Defense Department, how much money goes to the FBI, how much money goes to fund these various programs here. That's within the House of Representatives orbit, and there could be a conversation on President Biden's budget. Um and by the way, still to this day the MAGA Republicans have not put forth their budget. They've not put forth they they've said what they want to cut, but they haven't drafted what a what their version of a budget would be. Um but what the debt ceiling is about is paying the past bills. 97% of that which accrued before Biden. 25% of that was caused by Donald Trump. So here we are trying to pay our past bills, and the MAGA Republicans are basically saying, no, we refuse to pay our past bills unless you agree to all of our conditions here about how future spending should be. That's never occurred before. It is unthinkable that that would happen. It, it is it is frankly, and now after giving you the facts, I'll give you some of my, my beliefs on it, because I don't believe it's hyperbole after talking about the facts. That is traitorous. I don't I don't know how else you can characterize what that is.
6: Sabotage.
1: But I want to give you all the facts so you're armed with it, so you can talk to people now about the debt ceiling issue and what the real issues are behind it. What Trump said, for example, and how disingenuous McCarthy is being and what they want to cut. I mean, you know, these MAGA Republicans are really taking great efforts to try to destroy our economy. I think that's clear from the presentation I just made. But you can judge for yourself. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Touch Network. You can check us out at uh, patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Make sure you subscribe right here to the Midas Touch Network on YouTube. It's free. And wherever you get your audio podcasts, make sure you subscribe as well. Until next time, I'm Ben Micellis. Have a great day. Love this video? Then you'll love it.
8: 2024, I call for the action. Uh, immediate expulsion
0: So said as a presidential candidate, I call for the immediate uh, expulsion from Congress of 160 plus GOP traitors who took part in dangerous insurrection called DOJ. wonder if uh take it away wonder if the okay
8: sabotage sabotage Demand their expulsion for
0: treason and terrorism. So, Brother Ben, thank you for your service. I think the word you were looking for is sabotage. The Republicans are saboteurs, extraordinaire, and they will burn this country to the ground unless you all speak the F up. We know who raked up that bill, the Republicans. We also know who's not paying it, the Republicans, and we will remember that in November. Stop stop saying shit like that.
8: against this country. I... Do your
0: fucking job. Do your job. É... right So I'm uh, going to go and upload a bunch of uh, a bunch of my comments right <laughs> I had a photo shoot last night so going through not not uploading most of those. okay. <clears throat> I don't know if I've uploaded these already or not. I'm gonna go back.
5: Okay,
0: I can upload 80. <laughs> doing for money into these
5: days.
0: (laughs) Now she's not drawing her paycheck from Fox anymore. So, you're still there?
5: Oh, what do you know? <coughs> Hello,
0: darlings. <sighs> so, I'm looking for that. For that tr- Oh yeah. Am I allowed to make clips on this? Where's the clip? Hey, Ben, Ben,
5: (laughs) please
0: clip function
8: to More Midas Touch clips! Exclamation point. More
0: Midas Touch clips. Okay, um, let's see here. Uh, trending takes seeing them all. Oh man, a bummer. Okay. Well, oh wait, Trump begs for help his latest scheme collapses. Two days ago, I didn't see this one.
2: Well, I've got some fantastic news for you. My Trump digital trading cards are back with a bang. (laughs) Series 2, the new collection features incredible artwork of me as a rock star and also as a monster trucker. Wait, what was that? The new collection features incredible artwork of me as a rock star and also as a monster
9: trucker. As Donald (laughs) Trump's legal troubles continue to mount, the grifter-in-chief is back to selling his digital trading cards, and all I can say is, it's more pathetic than ever, but according to Trump, He's doing it because he's a nice guy. Uh-huh. The last time that Trump tried this pump and dump NFT scam was back in December 2022.
2: Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump. Hopefully, your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln. Better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very You can collect your Trump Digital Cards just like a
9: baseball card or other collectibles. Trump's insecurity to portray himself as a knockoff superhero is totally on brand. Trump said the NFTs were based on moments pertaining to his life and career, which depicted him as a superhero, astronaut, cowboy as well as put him in some other weird life settings. I don't recall Trump doing any of those things, but why should we expect Trump to tell the truth now? So during the 2022 Uh. Griftmas season, Trump released 45,000 digital trading cards, and 44,000 were made available for sale on the site. The remaining 1,000 were not only minted directly to Trump's vault wallet, but they were also the rarest of the batch, which means that Trump gamed his own NFT collection so that he could sell the rarest cards in the deck. The whole thing kind of smelled like a money laundering front the first time, and the second time is no different. Especially when the site has a strict limit of 100 digital trading cards per purchaser, bringing the total max purchase to $9,900. That's $100 shy of the $10,000 requirement to report these transactions to the IRS under the Bank Secrecy Act. I mean, even the companies involved in selling the NFT cards are shady as f***. The Trump Card website notes that it is not owned, managed, or controlled by Donald J. Trump, and says that it uses his name, likeness, and image under paid license from a company called CIC Digital LLC, which was formed in April 2021 at an address that matches the Trump International Golf Club in West Palm Beach, Florida. Public (laughs) records also show that a company called CIC Ventures LLC, which was founded in 2021, has Nick Luna, a former assistant to Trump, and John Marion, one of Trump's lawyers, as directors. NFT International LLC was founded in Delaware, but their address is linked to a mailbox at a UPS store in Park City, Utah. And then when you connect the dots all the way back, you end up at a tiny brick house in Cheyenne, Wyoming, which, by the way, has many other companies registered there as well. And of course, those companies have been named as defendants in more than a dozen civil lawsuits, charging that they had failed to pay taxes and engage in both securities fraud and trademark infringement. So if you actually bought one of these $99 NFT cards, you don't even get to pick which card you want. It's completely random. And get this, you don't even own the NFT. You have limited rights, and any time that it's sold, the original creator gets 10% in perpetuity. Forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. Yep, that's correct, as in... Forever, forever, forever. And just like last time, the funniest part of this whole grip is the images itself. If you're going to sell digital trading cards, at least ground them in some sort of reality, especially when you say that they're based on moments from your life. In the first series, Trump was an astronaut, a fighter pilot, a boxer, a wannabe Superman with a wrestling belt, and also in a place called Trump World. Oh, and who could forget his weird obsession with making his hands look big by palming basketballs, footballs, and soccer balls? Who knows? Maybe Trump's actually obsessed with big balls, and this is his uh-huh. way of telling us. <laughs> so now in the second series, Trump is pretending to be a golden chess piece, the king of Hope, George Washington and Elvis. Not to mention, this is not what Trump looks like in front of burgers. This is what Trump actually looks like in front of burgers. Also, why is there a dog in there? We know that Trump doesn't like dogs. His first wife, Ivana, said so in her 2017 memoir. Though now that I think about it, Trump does talk about dogs a lot. Like... A weird amount, a lot.
2: They choke like dogs. They can't breathe. Oh. He choked. just like a dog. Watching Marco sweating like a dog. He was fired like a dog. He threw the hell out like a dog. He lied like a dog. Barking like a dog. He's run out of office like a dog.
9: He died like a dog. Just remember, you can't trust anyone who doesn't like dogs. Now, I could keep going through the cards, but I think you should see Trump's new promo video. Hello again. This
2: is your favorite president, Donald Trump, with some news you are going to really love. A few months ago, We almost broke the internet when I announced my Trump digital trading cards.
9: Almost broke the internet? Who does he think he is? Kim Kardashian? These beautiful Trump cards
2: made headlines all over the world because of the speed at which they sold. Original cards sold out so fast, everybody is asking me to do
9: another series. Okay, you want to know how I know that no one was asking for him to do another series? Because even the first time around, his MAGA supporters were not having it. Many of them thought that he was announcing his presidential campaign not NFT cards. Even one of his fanboys, <laughs> Baked Alaska, didn't like it the first time. And even after Fake Alaska spent time in jail for January 6th, he's still not supportive of Trump's scam. This is like when Trump lied to Tucker Carlson about how officials were crying during his arraignment.
2: And I'll tell you, people were crying. People that worked there professionally work there that have no problems putting in murderers and they see everybody. It's tough, tough place. And they were crying. They were actually crying. They said, I'm sorry. Uh, They'd say, 2024, sir, 2024. And tears are pouring down their eyes. I've never seen anything like that. Those people are phenomenal. Those are your police. Those are the people that work at the courthouse. They're unbelievable people. Many of them were in tears or close to it. Uh, Many apologists were sorry, sir. We're sorry.
9: That never happened, and neither did this Uh. sudden demand for Trump's NFTs. Well, I've got some fantastic news for you. My Trump digital trading
2: cards are back with a bang. Series 2, the new collection, features incredible artwork of me as a rock star and also as a monster trucker. For that, when you can collect the greatest trading card in history.
9: Greatest trading card in history? Excuse me, but I'll take my holographic Charizard from the third grade over this crap any day. My Trump digital trading cards. We didn't raise the price despite
2: the incredible fast sellout last time. It's so easy to buy. Just need an email address and your credit card or crypto. If you want to own a piece of history, go to collecttrumpcards.com
9: so why is trump doing nfts again especially when he made clear in 2019 that he didn't like cryptocurrencies well if we look at his life right now he's running for president and he has mounting legal bills both of which are not cheap oh and according to trump's new financial disclosure truth social is only worth 5 to 25 million dollars and trump has more than 200 million dollars in debts translation trump is so desperate for money that he's scrounging for change in the couch cushions of everyday americans trump didn't even make that much from the series one nft launch anywhere between five hundred thousand dollars and one million dollars and this time around the prizes are even worse than the first time trump's first series offered a variety of subpar prizes but now it's only a dinner with him in mar-a-lago well that's if you buy 47 of his terribly photoshopped cards. Oh, and how could I forget? If you win, you have to pay for your own expenses like travel and lodging. The whole thing is just another pump and dump crypto scan to grift more money from his MAGA base. And honestly... I don't feel sorry for them one bit. Especially when Trump goes onto Truth Social and Instagram to complain that he won't get credit for being a nice guy. You know, because he said that he could have made more money by raising the price much higher and they still would have sold. Well, if that were true, the Series 1 NFT cards wouldn't have lost their value in the secondary market right after its launch. Or the fact that as soon as the Series 2 NFT cards were released, the Series 1 NFT prices plummeted 60%. You'd think by now that people would have learned that investing in Trump is really bad for business. But then again... I love the poorly educated. Well, until next episode, I'm Gabe Sanchez, and this has been... What Was That? If you enjoyed today's episode and want to support the work that goes into creating the What Was That show, you can join my Patreon at whatwasthatshow.com. You'll get access to early episodes, exclusive bits, behind-the-scenes content, access to the show's private Discord, as well as live Q&As to connect directly with me to offer up comments, questions, and suggested topics to be featured on the show. Thanks again for watching, and I hope to see you over on Patreon.
0: Research. She's doing more research
8: than uh, the fucking corporate media. Scheme,
0: let's see. And for more, what was that?
1: Congressman Jamie Rath. No, no, no.
0: I've been more scared. I'm looking for anything I haven't seen. Trump lawyers getting crushed six hours ago. Didn't didn't I hear the like half last half of this? Trump lawyers getting crushed and Jack Smith soars. Legal right now, AF. Aura
10: has a great deal for Mother's Day. Ayo. Legal AF listeners can visit AuraFrames.com. To... I'll set it up. The Murdoch family cling to power, but they could be forced out as well. Let's start with Anthony. Anthony, what do you, you did a great hot take on all this? What do you think about? Tucker Carlson, the Murdoch's approach, and 93-year-old Rupert Murdoch giving the the, the kill order to get rid of Tucker, and what do you think it means for the future of Fox
7: and the Murdoch family control of Fox? Well, first of all, isn't it interesting that some of us were a little disappointed that the case wasn't going to go ahead because they settled out of court within the first 48 hours. And now it seems that actually access to all this uh, Dominion uh, information has been very useful. And I think we should just pause and be like, "Yeah, good on you, Dominion, because you know this is this is our democracy. This is this is you know free speech and misinformation and all of these conversations. And it's taken a voting machine company to actually bring about some change, because in any other democratic country, you wouldn't allow someone like Tucker Carlson on screen. And it's only in the U.S. where the First Amendment is you know. Bring back the fairness doctrine. That people think that.
8: Point, break up the conspirators. now
0: okay so I just gave some suggestions bring back the fairness doctrine break up the corporate media monopoly only four corporations own all of our media charge Fox's co-conspirators in the January 6th insurrection and boot Rupert Murdoch from USR Waves now
7: that hate speech is acceptable as free speech and from where I come from it simply isn't hate speech is a is a is another is it's a, a crime, crime. <laughs> and that's what he's been doing for for years so good on Dominion and then good on this young producer because it takes whistleblowers or people like her to actually make change in this country clearly politicians are not up to it
10: Yeah, let me me get it from your background, because I don't know how much contact you have with the Murdoch family when you worked abroad, but what is their, um, let's let's have you make a prediction. I'll set it up. The Murdoch family has only 44%, um, but are generally in control of the company, but institutional shareholders are not happy right now with the way the Murdoch family is being stewards of this public company. You know, News Corp, I'm not sure it was a public company, but but Fox Corp is, and it's a Delaware public company, meaning a chancery court judge is ultimately going to decide who should be on its board, who should be its managers, and how much money should be paid. Um, there's always been rumors, including recent ones, uh, taking pages out of, you know, Succession, uh, the show on HBO, that, that Murdoch's are planning, have been planning to sell large portions of Fox for quite some time Disney at one point of all things was rumored to be a purchaser of a lot of their assets do you think this this is the beginning of the end of the Murdoch family do you think they start heading for the exits you know with a lot of money in their pockets but heading for the exits and they sell off Fox you know the way they sold off the the newspaper in in London after the phone hacking scandal closing its doors do you think we're seeing the beginnings of the Murdochs losing their grip On their assets and heading for the exit.
7: It's hard to say. I mean, look, I worked on in the media in England for thirty years, and it's very hard to be on air in Britain without working for Murdoch because he owns so many of the networks. So, you know, I I started working for Sky, which he owned in nineteen ninety six. And then, you know, most recently before I moved to the U.S., I was appearing on Sky News, which is, you know, one of his channels. And it's, it's not an extremist channel like, like Fox News or even Sky News Australia, which... But what i what i would say is that power is very important to these people and you know you mentioned succession that is based on this you know these types of families not just the murdoch family but conrad black is another character and uh, the former owner of mirror group who um disappeared off a boat in the 1980s and uh, you know the, the the father of um robert maxwell his name is the father of um, Ghislaine Maxwell. So these, these kind of dynasties have always existed in the media. And one of the reasons that they like to own these types of companies is because they do want to wield power with politicians. I mean, Rupert Murdoch was famously going seen going into number 10 downing street in england all the time like photographed going in the back door i mean why on earth is the is this kind of top media guy meeting the prime minister of england and that would happen often so they they love power they love owning these territories there's a succession in as much as the kids of rupert murdoch are you know in line to inherit this he's an old man right i mean he looks like he might outlive everybody but he's a little bit like trump you know why don't these people die makes sense to me you know this are so old and yet for, maybe they can afford you know decent health care or, or personal trainers or good nutrition or something but the, the people that you don't want running these organizations because they're so power hungry like Trump and, and, and like Murdoch they, they are just they keep going and he's had opportunities over the years to hand it over to the kids and he has not he's held on because he wants to maintain control but something that's very interesting is that in the phone hacking scandal that happened where he had to close the News of the World newspaper, as you described, he kind of, it's almost like he admits that he didn't really know what was going on. And that happened with the Dominion case as well. When he gave his deposition, he said that, you know, he had the chance, I guess he had the chance to tell the, the, the hosts not to claim that the election was stolen, but he didn't. He didn't intervene. And You have to ask yourself, did he not intervene because he wasn't paying attention or did he not intervene because he's got a million other businesses and all that he cares about is the bottom line. And I I honestly feel that these types of people buy these organizations, they own these organizations just in terms of the ledger, you know, the bottom line. They look at the they look at the finances and they just go, is it making money? It doesn't matter to them. If they're using extremist tactics or misinformation, or in the tech case of Tucker Carlson and most of the hosts on on Fox, let's not pretend that Tucker Carlson's the only person lying through his teeth. They just care about whether the business is successful. And in the case of Fox, unless advertisers start to, kind of, you know, run away from from Fox, they, some have, as we know, but if they don't, if they desert the company altogether, that's when the company is no longer viable. And that's when he might think it's time to jump ship. But I don't think he's going to do it over editorial policy. Yeah, there's a Karen, let's bring Karen in. Karen, there's
10: been, as we know, <laughs> uh, we've got these 90 audio tapes that have been recorded. A spreadsheet's been turned over to Jack Smith um, about the summary on each of these these items. Um, the lawyer, uh, George Filipatos, who's been on the Midas Touch Network. He was interviewed recently by Ben and by uh, Jessica Denson. Sorry, Jerry. I'm sorry, Jerry Filippatis. I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> you want to see what it looks like? But <laughs> well, thanks for the correction. I mean, like, we're doing it real-time, in-camera editing, they call it. Uh, but, you know, they so Jack's all excited, and his people are all excited, because there's a treasure trove of information there. I mean, that Tucker is a disgusting sexual promoter who, that's interesting. Uh that that's not interesting as much. Oh, I have the, I don't know where he's at these days, podcasting news match or doing something. But um, Karen, tell me about, let's make the connection to Jack Smith. What do you think, from a prosecutor standpoint, the new information that's come out?
6: To just stop yeah it's, it's it'd be one thing if if Trump and Giuliani and Ted Cruz and all the other Sidney Powell and every everybody else under the sun it'd be one thing if if they really believed what they were saying which is that there were problems with the voting machines and that there was the election was stolen and that there were suitcases of ballots underneath the table you know all, all the things that that it's been proven to be false, but they're all lies. You know these these recordings that Abby Grossberg made, and and let's remember she made them uh, t- to prepare for segments, right? She was the assistant who, when she was interviewing people, would would just tape record it so that they can then prepare for the the later segment where they're going to interview the person. And she kept them all. And this, I think, these tapes. The reason Jack Smith wants them it's it's Going to prove the criminal conspiracy that this, this wasn't a, a well-meaning mistake. You know that they they really thought that the election was um, was stolen. And, you know, not stolen. They really thought that the that the election was somehow um, was somehow not didn't have credibility. That the voting machines weren't working properly. That you know there was there was double counting of of, of Biden ballots and all the other lies they've been spreading this shows they knew that this was that or potentially shows that they, they knew this was a lie they knew this was false and they were still doing this anyway because this was a coup this was a coup to take over uh to take over the presidency that they lost i mean that's that's what it means to be in a democracy sometimes you win sometimes you lose and when you lose you can't be a sore loser you